Well, welcome everyone to uh, episode one of Two Non Blondes. Buddy, I have no introduction for you. You're also muted. Then I'll start from the beginning, John. This is starting from the beginning. Swimming. Okay, here's, 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 we'll, 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 we'll just go, um, okay, when I was born, they named me uh, Kenneth Zane Beasley III. At age five, I was adopted by a truck driver and became Buddy Marshall Stevens. Didn't much care for that, a number of reasons, so I changed it to Buddy Wakefield. My name, y'all, is Buddy Wakefield. I am part saint heart fraud. Being human has been a largely humiliating experience. I would say that it's been humbling, but I suspect humble people don't use that word. They humble up, buttercup. We got ourselves some friendly names, don't we, y'all? Got ourselves in a pickle, friends. There are no stunt doubles performing the devastation and losing everything. Maybe we are losing everything on purpose. There's a good chance I'm a bad person trying to do something right. It turns out everyone is right. It turns out we are happening so fast, y'all. The whole world so fast. Yesterday, I was 23. The day before that, I was nine. And none of the soured relationships were worth my need to be right. Happiness, it's too far to fall. And you, my love, you were a skyscraper tabernacle, mouthful of water, beautiful and too far to fall. Oh, but look at us take our tumble quakes. Yeah, look at us take our lumps. Look, every Everybody's headed for the pass again to cut each other off. If my whole body and if your whole body, if every single one of our bodies got amputated right now, we would still have to deal with what's left of us. Everything we ever ordered, okay? The waiter, who was very famous for telling stories to make people to make people feel like they feel better than they actually do. He strutted up to our table, a cocky lion walking straight into the mouth of a whale and said, Put it in God's hands. I said, boy, we are God's hands. Stop standing like an apology you never meant to give. Your context is unruly. The waiter reached across my audacity, evenly placed the silverware, then politely replied, sir, you don't know me. You know a mistake I made. Now, who ordered the worst case scenario? Maybe I did. Y'all, maybe you, maybe on purpose until everyone in the whole world found out everything we were ever terrified of being found out about and no one was impressed with our nightmare. Air does not have an ego. Pay attention then. When it enters and exits, each one of us feels desire inside them. It can point to it on a map. Stop acting like you don't know which direction your life is going. It is hysterical, y'all, pretending to be something you're not. The loneliness is so goddamn blunt. Everything here on the ground is a trigger. Don't expect to be warned again. You're a full-grown jawbone, though I have zero proof any of us are adults, but there is still a voice inside of me that believes we will make miracles of the laughter left between us recently. I discovered a word that will fix everything I broke in our home, rescued it from my body, and passed it on to people who will use it properly. You, you finally leaned over to my ear whispered so close to my throat it fogged up the knife, spoke what you thought was my name until I could not remember where it is I came from, then patiently waited for me to explain what in God's crippled name I'm even talking about. So, I clenched your history, and I pulled it out of repeat, and I loved you forever. 
While we all sang these words like a choir of honest killers, learning to leave the beast behind, if I go forth from this world without you, I did not forget to survive. Both of us. Woo! Welcome, y'all. Welcome to Tune on Blondes with me and the angry therapist, John Kim. It is great to have you here. That's a lot of energy, so I'm just going to assume behind all your cameras you're doing this because this is what it looks like to clap on Zoom, and I'm going to receive it like that. John, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. For the people listening on our podcast, uh, what did you just do with your hands? <laughs> you said clapping. What did you just do with your hands? Yes, you got to tell us. Uh, for people not watching but listening, but he has his hands up in the air like he's giving up. But no, but it, no it, I'm. This is but, how you. But, no, no, you're not giving up. You're shaking. You're doing jazz hands. And so um, that is what clapping looks like. Uh, is it? Is that? Is that something you made up, or is that kind of standard in the uh, the poetry world? I'm not sure, John. I just always clap with my hands up. Hey, um, one thing that resonated with me. Uh, like neon and that is um none of my sour relationships were worth me being right and, and i wonder why that hit me like a gong um what what is what is your poem about there are so many layers and so many uh doors into you know um deeper conversations but broad strokes what's the story behind that piece this piece is uh, a response to this life as my partner i guess it's an amalgamation of resonance from it from this life as my partner that's what it's about what is your favorite line in that poem you just did oh favorites i think things can be i think things can be uh a hundred percent and after that it uh yeah it just doesn't get any better than a hundred percent there's so many hundred percent lines in there because i took the time to to uh, i i keep something called the gold mine where all of my favorite lines are uh that I haven't used in other pieces, I, I store them there. And I know that when I open that document, the only thing there is just going to be all lines that resonate for me. And I wrote that piece entirely with lines that I had already put there that resonated and through the power of association and the reality that there's a point of connection and everything. I just wrote the piece from that starting place. Um, going back to my favorite line, I just want to uh, say, because um, uh, for the people that just entered, None of my sour relationships were worth me being right. And as I heard you saying that, like an MTV montage, I played back my relationships lightning speed. And I thought to myself, all the times that I fought so hard and wasted energy to be right was a waste. None of it really was worth that. And um, what's really powerful about that line, it also checks me in moving forward to let go of the need to be right. Except with you, with Buddy, I'm 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 holding on to that rope with two hands. It's, it's, necessary, it's necessary, John. It's also very clear. <laughs> what do you What do you think about uh, when you think about your previous relationships? Not not just romantic, just in general, all uh, relationships. Um, have you ever struggled with the need to be right? Whew, very much so. I have struggled with the need to be right in almost every one of them. Uh, I have incredible defense mechanisms and self-preservations built in from acting, from trying to grow up gay in Texas without anybody knowing. And so I've always, I was always on the defense. And I think that carried into over to a shit ton of, of elements in my relationships. Uh, one of the I'm, other things that I really oh. re related to was when you're talking about your name, 
right? Um, so, so is that a true story about your name and how, how you became Buddy Wakefield and what your birth name was and what's the difference? Absolutely, yeah. So you know my Korean name is Chulgi, right? Wait, say this again? My Korean name is Chulgi, and uh, the teachers couldn't pronounce it. And so all the way up until um, the fourth grade, the teachers just called me Chucky. This was the 80s. And they would go through the roster, and uh, it would be like, you know, Steve, Brad, whatever. And they would be like, we're just going to call you Chucky. So my name was Chucky till the fourth grade. And so I can relate to this idea of your birth name and then a new name. And then, of course, my parents went to a fortune teller and came back with the name John, um, which is pretty generic. John Jim, man. That's like Bob. You failed to mention it was a super creative fortune teller. Well, and then when you when you at 12 years old or 10 years old, when you tell your friends, hey, listen, stop calling me Chucky. My new name is John. Uh, they all laugh in your face. So my name was still Chucky for for a, there was some residue there where, um, you know, my locker room friends. Um, we, we both have friends like that today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, my best friends, I love them, um, but, you know, always fucking with me. And so I was Chucky for another year. And then now, um, of course, John Kim. John. John. John Kim, take the space out of the, the, the John and Kim. Make me special because there's a lot of John Kims in this world, but there aren't a lot of John Kims. Right, right. John, I'm, I'm actually really fucking sorry to hear that that happened to you. I was I was planning to laugh at your story, but that's shitty. That's just shitty. That I have distance from it. My people it did that. Dramatic. John, it's a touchy subject. Yes. Speaking of touchy subjects, one of our segments is the touchy subject of the week. And this week's touchy subject is brought to you by Buddy Wakefield. Well, uh, thank you, uh, touchy, touchy subject of the week. Let's come up with this touchy subject. I, here, here's the thing. We talked about it, John and I, what the touchy subject would be. And I wanted every last motherfucking single one of y'all to uh, acknowledge how caffeine is driving the whole world insane. Uh, and I, I, but I think we're saving, I think we're saving y'all fucking up the world with caffeine for next week. Because um, it may be too touchy to start with. Uh, Listen, this week's touchy subject is from a quote I saw on uh, Twitter by at r slash advanced spirituality. Now, that name is a bit self-indulgent, but I got to tell you, I've been following this dude for a while and everything this guy posts is gold. Again, it's at r uh, slash advanced spirituality. And he says the best way to solve the problem is to stop participating in it. Mm. Which is to say, with very few exceptions, and this is where it gets touchy, you are participating in the problem, the one that's happening for you right now, where it's possible to stop participating in it, cut your losses, unless you want the feeling you're living with right now. John, what would you say the biggest, the, the thing at the forefront of your mind right now is for uh, participating in a problem? What's a problem you're having? I knew that this was going to turn into some kind of intervention, which was my fear. <laughs> I, I didn't have it planned to ask you that. Uh, I just naturally feel like I should. I want to know about your problems, man. Yeah, I love, I love this quote. Um, you participating in the problem is the problem, right? So for me, you know, I think my participation uh -huh. 
in my current problem is um, it's an inner thing. It's um, it's that whole um, fighting who I used to be and how I used to think. It's the uh, me growing up in Los Angeles and um, being wired in a way where I'm just chasing things and um, um, I'm better at it now than before, but not being present and then tying uh, the things that I want to my happy. And so I hit pause on life and wait for that shiny thing to come. And if it doesn't come, I don't really live, right? I'm just kind of there. That was most of my 20s and, and half of my 30s. And um, I think that self-betterment can be like recovery in that we can snap back like rubber bands. And so me participating in that, giving that mindset, energy and weight and fuel um, becomes the problem, right? It, it stunts my evolution. Um, it keeps it probably also the ruins the elasticity on the rubber band in order to be able to bounce back after a while. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, that's something that I've been struggling with and continue to a lot less these days than before. Um, but anyway, what, what's yours? What are you participating in? Uh, what's the problem that you're participating in? Fucking A. So listen, dude. Hey, let me buy you some time. Everyone in uh, the chat, can you put in the problems today that you are uh, participating in, which is, you know, feeding that problem? Okay, buddy, go ahead. Uh, so when you brought this up, I knew this, this, this moment was going to come. And I don't know. I have no choice by nature other than to be transparent. And my, what I'm participating in right now is, is it's fucked up. Um, I am in limerence with someone. If you don't know what limerence is, God, I wish I had the exact, John, do you have a, can you Google limerence and give us the exact definition on it? Keep going, I'll do it. So I'm in limerence with someone. And this is, this is, uh, this happened, I spent, so I see, here's the deal. I spent, uh, growing up gay in Texas, I spent, uh, uh, I've spent one fourth of my life in unreciprocated, what I then called love, which Wait, we pause, put a bookmark there. Limerence is the state of being infatuated or obsessed with another person, typically experienced involuntarily and characterized by a strong desire of reciprocation of one's feelings, but not primarily for a sexual relationship. Does that sound accurate? Say it, say it one more time. Limerence. Limerence. The state of being infatuated or obsessed with another person, typically experienced involuntarily and characterized by a strong desire for reciprocation of one's feelings, but not primarily for a sexual relationship. God, that is dense. It's dense. And I happen to be an accidentally dense person unless I'm meditating and dissolving it into something more expansive. But John, I am in limerence right now and it's, it's pulling up everything from the root uh, for me to look at. And it's, it's just an appropriate time in my life to do it. It's just not easy. And what I was saying before was, you know, I spent I spent one fourth of my life in unreciprocated love. At that, that time, I called it love, but I know now about infatuation and, and obsession and other names for it that are also an, that are just an amalgamation of a lot of a lot of dense subjects that are hard to navigate. Um, but I have uh, I have found myself in limerence, which uh, it's, if the if the definition read wasn't clear, it's not a reciprocated thing. And so I need to move on and I'm still looking for an answer before I move on and I'm holding on and every day there's a smart guy in my head. It's like, dude, the sooner you cut your losses, the sooner you're going to feel better, the sooner you commit to your, 
For me, it's my higher power. And if you're here and you don't believe in a higher power, I just want you to think for a second of your, of your ideal self that you're not being and call that your higher power just for today. You don't have to believe in a big white guy in the sky with a beard. Um, hold on, shit's going down in Porto. All right. So, so that's what I'm, that's the, that's what I'm, I'm that, that's what I'm participating in at the moment, John, that I'm looking forward to stepping out of quickly and not wait around for an answer from a ghost. Man, buddy, so many people can relate to that, you know, and um, I w as you were saying that I was thinking about um, all the people that I, I have dated and um, wanting something from them, um, knowing that uh, they may not be interested and in still being there still waiting for them to hit the ball back and i know because uh, a lot of them i actually wasn't even that interested in it it was uh, i needed the approval i needed them to say i like you before i can say no thank you and i didn't yeah. even like them you know what i'm saying I, yeah yes yes it, it's a matter of having control over the situation and being the one with the power to back out mm -hmm. and not be backed out on and it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a touchy subject because we have to call our else excuse me we have to call ourselves out on the deepest shit when it comes to matters uh, of the heart that are they give up control. So what what do you what do you do this? So you're you are in limerence with someone you know that you need to move on to let go. Um, you struggle. I'm in limerence with someone extremely cruel. I also part of the problem that I'm participating in is that is that uh I. I, I, I really, really am into cruel people. It's kind of my thing by accident. <laughs> so if he was kind, there would be no limerence. If he was kind, uh, he wouldn't have the control. Because th there, would be, there would be a lack of severe avoidance and an ability to carry on a, a, an adult conversation to say what's actually going on. But what is it about someone who's cruel that uh, you gravitate toward? I think I think avoidant is the better word for it. I just I just associate avoidance with cruelty. Mm. I, I think it is. I think it's one of the toughest things you can do to a person um, who you. What is it that attracts? What, what is it that attracts you to an avoidant? I think I've I think I've often envied avoidance, the ability to just turn my back on a thing or uh, or let something go with apparent ease. And uh, for me, it always feels like you know the anxious person gets the anxiety which is reasonable right and the avoidant person just goes elsewhere and so there's something in there that always that, that there's something in there that genuinely attracts me to that i think i mistake for being a natural buddha in someone when it's actually them just not dealing with their shit. right there's a um so for you you see avoidance as um almost like they they're like almost like there's a confidence in them there's uh something see that's that what it, you don't that's that's what it is and here's the deal here's the deal avoiding avoiding people aren't typically famous for being vulnerable and anxious people are and i'm clearly have always I've, I've clearly largely always been an anxious person though i get better as i get older um but vulnerability for so long people would would, would champion my vulnerability and i was like you can fucking have it <laughs> i i don't see this as the strength that you see it as and it wasn't until my 40s that i really started seeing vulnerability as a strength and it wasn't until as a writer i was able to peg it down with words and organize that chaos in alphabetical order and say here's what vulnerability is and and uh vulnerability is uh oh, I, I'm, Vulnerability is what made every movie sing every song and wrote every poem that ever plugged a life back into itself. 
You know what I'm realizing, buddy, um, um, uh, and I haven't really realized this until now, how much we have in common, meaning we're both, uh, uh, no, we're both anxious. That's our attachment style. Um, we, we, vulnerability comes easy to both of us. We're both writers, right? And so um, I've never seen it like this, like how you're describing it, uh, being attracted to the avoidant because um, you see it as a, as a confidence because for you, vulnerability comes easy, you know, to the world, vulnerability is actually very, it comes hard. Like it, it's, um, right. it's something that it's kryptonite for most people. Right. It is. Uh, and I was trying to <laughs> give mine away for a long time. And I also find avoidance. I think there was something also that I mistook for, uh, uh, uh masculine attached to it. And I was so busy overcompensating growing up for, for being gay. Uh, fighting and riding bulls in a rodeo for, and begging Jesus to make me straight. And I was trying to find anything I could. And I think avoidance just always severely attracted me because I never was it. I can't even, I mean, there's parts of me that are, but gen, I genuinely often cannot wrap my head around how someone can push an emotion down and not immediately check it out, deal with it and move forward. In high school, um, because I feel like high school is such a pivotal time for us as far as we're just, um, you know, a clay that, that is molded, we're just sponges, we'd have no sense of self. Um, did you have a good high school experience or was it a bad one? Was it, did you get bullied and stuff because you know, you out by then or no? No, I wasn't out till, I, well, I didn't, I didn't stop lying until I was 23. I think people started knowing probably when I was around 19 or so. Um, I didn't get bullied. Oh, I think, you know, in junior high, there was a couple times because my parents were married a number of times before I was in ninth grade. So there was there was a, a, a few different schools and uh, I always felt bullied at first because uh, I have a I have a funny walk and uh, I'm just an easy target and I'm bubbly and my name's Buddy and I'm and I my you know, my ass shook and. So I was just an easy target. And I think people were more interested in just laughing at me than, than bullying me. And then, um, but, but uh, I got blessed. I'm also blessed with the name Buddy. I think it fits. And I got blessed in high school with amazing friends um, who, who, uh, uh, who were looking out for me. I think I'm getting more nostalgic and forgetting the question though, John. Get me back in the guardrails. What did you ask me? I have this theory that um, depending on our high school experience, uh, if we have a bad one, it kind of um, positions us as we grow up uh, as, uh, and uh, discover love where we try to make up for shit that we didn't have or who we weren't, right? So if in high school you desperately wanted to be the prom king and that didn't happen, and then you grow up and you get any kind of sense of self, now you want that crown, right? Or the prom queen or whatever. Um, or if you were, you know, quote unquote, a nerd, uh, and you just wanted to be in the quad with the cool kids. Okay, uh, I follow you. you whereas, whereas I just, sorry, I, I follow you. Uh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so for me, it's uh, sex. I just wanted to have sex. <laughs> and, and it wasn't fucking happening. It didn't happen for a very long time. Uh, I talk about it in one of my pieces where I went to a college that was number one in the country for criminal justice and number two within itself for agriculture. So basically the whole campus was cops and cowboys and um, and I wasn't having sex. And for me, that was a thing like <laughs> that, that's hot to me. Have, so, you, have, you, uh, uh, have you made up for it now? I feel like you have knowing you. 
I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. I I think we're making up for I think we've made up for time. Uh but um yeah. It's another thing you and I have in common by the way. Um and and, it, and, and sex has changed for me obviously because I'm 49 now, but um man, when I was in my 20s, uh I felt that maybe I was a sex addict. I mean, I uh was a walking erection. I know most most dudes are, you know, um but I think I, it was it, it was all I thought about the, it was 99% of my day. Yeah. And I didn't, um, you know, I didn't um, like lose control of my life. I did go to SAA meetings uh, when I was married. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, dude, I, I, I went to a lot of SAA meetings. Um, I thought I was a sex addict for, uh, I, I, I might be a recovering woman. I don't know. I wasn't like, um, you know, uh, losing careers and relationships because of, uh, uh, you know, um, pornography or prostitution or anything like that um but i but it, i could but it was consuming mass quantities of time yes it was consuming you know what it started with the movie weird science that was my first imprint where the fucking the they created, <laughs> she showed up when she showed up in the room after they took the bras off their heads and they made the perfect uh, woman and she showed up and she's like let me show you around that <laughs> dude i would sit in my mom's room at like age 12 and just pray for her to show up in my room um, i don't know what it was man. and since then i've just been so sexual and in a lot of my relationships especially the the first big one hanging sex over her head pressuring her um and of course that equals uh you know a lot of anger and resentment her on her side um and it's always been you know it's always been the case until now uh now today I'm, I'm definitely not as, as sexual. Um, well, you're 83 years old, John. Of course you're not. Fuck. That is my uh, age, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I, uh, I I want a conversation and a hug, and I, I want to, um, you know, I want some, uh, I was going to say wine. I don't drink wine, but um, um, I need to be held a little bit, you know. I, I need some eye contact. I need some kissing involved, and uh, before it was it was very different. Anyway, uh, my my point is another thing we have in common is um, uh, the 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 sex piece in our life. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm really thrilled actually. It, it the, any anonymous program actually holds a pretty special uh, place in my heart. There was this period in we've talked about this in in 2015 where I was at a where I, where I was at a, a vipassana meditation center and I reached. Uh, uh, accidentally, <laughs> there was a moment where there was bliss, and uh, there was true bliss, like Eckhart Tolle style no. bliss. And uh, hold on, let me mute somebody. Uh, it's not like uh, someone flushed the toilet, which was uh, interesting when you said bliss. But <laughs> that's what it sounds like—a toilet flush. Go ahead. Um. So I experienced bliss, and. What the hell were we saying, John? I don't know, but I think you're. Oh, so it's over here muting people. So present, you don't know what you're. Doing. It's gone. <laughs> it's just here and now. You're very present, which is bliss. You're in it now. Um, hey, Pam says one definition uh, of limerence says that often uh, it occurs when there are cracks in our primary relationship. It's also a symptom of relational trauma from early life attachment wounds. One definition calls it a condition of cognitive obsession and states. It appears to be genetically driven. Interesting. I feel all of that. I feel all that very deeply right now. <laughs> we, are, we are moving on now. To we, 
I, I think we should move on before we get before before y'all just become my therapy session. Hey, but you know what? This this is um this is what this is about. And also, buddy, you made a promise to me that uh, one, you will never arm wrestle me again because I won that. And oh two, oh my god, that's so not two, true. Two, we have photos of it, and uh, actually a whole video. Uh, and two, um, we are both going to allow the conversation, energy, and the time here to be its own living, breathing thing, and we are not going to stand in the way of it. Exactly. Um, with a couple of, with, with just a few guideposts. Every week, I really want to open with a poem, set some yes. tone, yes. and uh, and put some substance out there. You don't get anything out of it. Good luck finding your soul. And want to want to do a, I do want to do a touchy subject of the week. I think shit needs to get touchy. Yes. Uh, and, and, and I also want to find out people's revelations that they just had this week. It doesn't have to be a, an entire life of revelation. Just one revelation yes. that's happened. Uh, and, and then let me insert a backstory here on the word revelation. I use it often. It came from film school where my screenwriting teacher said, um, no one can leave class until you give me a revelation on the movie you just saw. And everyone would be like, oh, fuck. But, but then I was in the back room thinking, fuck, that's I kind of like it. It's almost yeah. like um, like slapping a little bit. It was very hot, and so um, I have stole, I steal that, and now I demand revelations from um, people who are in front of me. So this week's revelation, if you can put it in the chat, and uh, Buddy and I will also share our revelation of the week. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll start it off because I'm really excited about mine. Actually, um, it's born from a lyric and a song that I was playing before we. Uh, but before we let y'all in the room, or as we let y'all in the room, uh, uh, called Hideous Glorious by the Bar Brothers. And I, I wanted to play it for y'all today, but uh, because of copyright stuff, I can't. Uh, no fault of we, the we band. Actually, we, no, we are going to play it after um, I stop yeah, the it. And, and we'll end with that song. Yeah, great. I'll end with it. Uh, here's the, the lyric, though, is I, I can still feel the hole where the revelation nailed me to the wall. Now I can't recall if there was any revelation there at all or just some kids getting high about it all. Now, <laughs> I think it's fucking great. I'm going to say it again because uh, I want to. I can still feel the hole where the revelation nailed me to the wall. And now I can't recall if there was any revelation there at all or just some kids getting high about it all. I look back on all my troubles, all my relationships, all the inspirational people and quotes and podcasts and churches and failures. And I can still feel the hole where, where those revelations nailed me, then dissolved, fucked me up for better or worse. But I can't recall where most of them went. Uh, but each year, I, I was so stinking hideous, glorious, uh, that it just didn't matter. If this isn't making sense or laying for you yet, let me put it like this. Every year, a photo turns up that makes us realize we had no idea just how good we looked, right? Especially when we aren't compared to anything. And I'm finally at a place where I know how I am fundamentally sound, worthy, have worked enough physically and mentally to know I'm doing great even on my worst fucking day, even when there is no revelation. I think that comes to some people naturally, but it didn't it doesn't it didn't for me uh and it's really picking up momentum now in my life and my hope today is that it does for you too don't ever again let me be somebody please who sees last year's photo and wishes they'd known how good they looked the revelation is that i look fucking great right now no matter the weather and Ooh, i love that i can let go of the idea that uh there needs to be a revelation 
um, and can just enjoy what's happening. And this song witnessed that feeling for me. Uh, I, I was witnessed in a way that I hadn't been before by, by those lyrics. And I was fucking jamming through the park on it all week, headed to the gym, feeling myself just short of like, you know, gaily spinning and singing the song. Hey, um, quick question, because something just hit me when you said I was witnessed by that lyric. Uh, that's really interesting. The idea of being witnessed by a lyric. Yeah, but well, you've heard me, you've heard me say this. Sorry, John, you've, you've heard me say this a million times uh, uh, in just in just our regular friendship in life. But witnessing, y'all, for those of you who haven't heard me, I feel like it's really important. Witnessing is fundamental to the infrastructure of healing. Witnessing or being witnessed is fundamental to the infrastructure of healing. That is why art, why podcasts, why songs, why poems, why movies, these things witness us. And, you know, there was this movie, uh, Gloria, with Julianne Moore. Uh, I think this is a couple of years ago. This just comes to mind because uh, I've been feeling lonely late, lately. And I know a couple of years ago, uh, there, was a, there was a really concentrated moment of loneliness. And I watched this movie called Gloria with Julianne Moore, where it's, she's lonely the whole time. And she's, she's, she goes out to the, to, the, to the club and dances by herself. And, but the whole movie, there's these tiny victories and no one's seeing them except the viewer of the movie, which is me. And, and I'm just, you're cheering for her the whole time because she's just doing great things by herself. And no one's ever going to see it, you know. And I, uh, I felt so witnessed by that, and it, and, it, and it made me feel like a million bucks when it was over. And I think that's what, I think that's what witnessing's good for, and it is necessary to healing. We are all, that's what we're all here for for each other. Thank you for that. Here are some revelations from the audience. Revelation: the reminder that this one bad moment in time is not the sum of my life. Oh, I love that. Uh, revelation. This is from Dan. Nature heals me better than anything else I've found. Can I just say something real quick? And I know, buddy, you're really into nature. Um, I grew up in the concrete jungle in Los Angeles. I, I don't know anything about camping or anything, but uh, in the last 10 years, um, I discovered dirt bikes. And so uh, I went on many trips, uh, one to Alaska riding adventure bikes. And that's how I connect to nature. Um, and so that, that's been kind of my version of, uh, of uh, uh, connecting to nature. Seeing things on two wheels is very healing for me. Um, anyway, um, Revelation, this is from Larry. I think I'm meeting avoidance, waiting to hear from ghosts. I think he took that from you, buddy. I don't know. He might be echoing that. Chris, I don't know. I don't need to know what I'm doing to have my life continue on. Ooh, that's a good one. I think especially today with the, just a, the landscape of the world, a lot of people feeling that uh, you don't need to know what you're doing. It ain't easy, dude. You're doing great. It is not easy right now. We are coming out of a weird fucking collective trauma. You are doing great. And if you're feeling a fucked up way, of course you are. That needs to be your mantra every day right now. If When you're feeling fucked up or bad, of course. Of course is the answer. You're doing it right. Dan's revelation, three happy faces with heart eyes. Uh, Alex, revelation, my mistakes are necessary of my own forgiveness in order to improve and grow. Bria. Souvenirs can be stickers, and those stickers can live in a book that fits in a fanny pack that comes with you, whether you need it or not, that day to remind <laughs> you of where you've already been. Sounds like she's a writer. She might be, John. Anna, still hiding in the melody. And awkward Kimmy, her revelation is holding breath, stepping into a new chapter without safety nets. Ooh, that sounds courageous. 
My revelation as we end, um, I think my revelation is uh, happening in this room, and I will uh, tell you what it is on the surface and then go deeper. On the surface, my revelation is realizing how much more I have in common with my friend, Buddy Wakefield. Um, of course, you know, we text and, and I've known him for a while, um, but the more I get to um, know him, I'm, I'm realizing how much in common. And it could just be subtle things like the fact that my name was Chucky ending with a Y and his name is Buddy, right? Things like that I didn't put together until now. And the deeper revelation there is because of this overlap, I believe that um, Buddy and I are meant to be here and I believe that Buddy and I are supposed to collide to create a dialogue. Um, I don't know where that's going to go, but um, we are starting here. And uh, um, I feel, Buddy, I feel like with this, and I know this is the first one, um, it feels organic. It feels seamless. It feels like it's meant. And so um, that's my revelation of the week, that I'm meant to do, do this with you. At least I love it, John. Everything everything does feel good except for my short term memory. Otherwise, it feels on point. <laughs> Last revelation from Barbara. She says the impact and importance of truly being seen hit me hard today. Yes, amen to that. Hey, can you, John? Before, if you still have it in front of you, the very first revelation you read. We read that again from my own. Read that again. The first revelation was the reminder that this one bad moment in time is not the sum of my life. This one bad moment in time is not, is the, not sum. the sum of my life. I'm writing it on the back of a, of, a, of a car. The only person who sends me cards in Portugal is my Aunt Pam, and I just saw her that she's on here. Hi, Aunt Pam, I got your card today. <laughs> All right, y'all. John, take us um, home. We, yeah, we got questions, right? We're gonna end as we uh, we're gonna end with a Q and A from from um, anyone in the room, and we're gonna do just about you know five to seven minutes of that. So um, raise your yellow hand, and we will call on you if you have a, a, a question or a comment, or, or if your revelation was too long to type and you want to you want to tell us about sure, it. Sure. Do that. I'm looking right here, John. Okay, help me, co-pilot. Um, no one wants to be a voice in the time capsule. Well, we, we, didn't, we didn't prepare them, John. <laughs> no, it's like eating chips at a party. One person comes up and then everyone... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, that, I'm the dude. I'm that dude. Uh, oh, my God, especially if there's... Here's a fucked up thing about me, John. I don't know if you know about it. It's ranch dressing. Um, I, know, I, know that, I know it has a bad reputation, but... Uh, if those chips had ranch dressing, I would easily be the first at the party. And I just, I actually have dry packets of it shipped to Portugal because no one eats ranch with their pizza here. And I already have to sacrifice root beer because no one drinks root beer here either. And I can't bear to eat pizza without ranch dressing and root beer. So, um, there <laughs> sounds, it sounds delicious. Uh, there you go. I'll fucking take the first chip. I won't think twice about it. Hey, everyone, thank you for joining us today. Buddy and I will be here in this space every tuesday at noon and uh we hope you bring a friend and uh you know i used to go to these little um home churches back in the day and i kind of want this to be that kind of the feeling of a home church us getting together having some fun going deeper um and then you know broadcasting it any, Boom. Last, words? any last words you got you got 
10, 9. If you've got a question, if there's a voice in your head right now that wants to ask a question so badly, now's your time. 6, 5. Otherwise, we're out of here. We'll see you next Tuesday and every Tuesday thereafter. Raise his hand. Bria, raise his hand. Oh, shit. Okay, let's call. Can you can you grab grab Bria? Bria, Bria unmute yourself and show, show yourself. Oh, show yourself. Damn, that's a little aggressive. Bria! <laughs> this is my girl. Hi, Bria. I love it. Hi. Where are you? Uh, we just landed in Charlotte. We are loading in the show. I tried to turn down the music. I hope it's down enough. It's it's down enough. What's your question? What's the best thing you all ate this week? Ooh, I love that. I love it. <sighs> okay, I can't see. John and I are, are accountability buddies on the same fucking diet. And if I start saying the best thing I ate, shit's going to come out. Shit's going to come out in the open. Buddy. It, Speaking it involves it involves egg cream. It's always going to involve an egg cream stuffed breaded product covered in chocolate. Always, inevitably. You know what? I had a um, I had a double double at in in and out, and I know that I live in California, and those uh, you know um, are 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 common. But um, I haven't had one in years, so having that last week, uh, it lit me up. And also having one by yourself where you can eat it like you have a problem that you know or like in your car uh eating it it's very different than eating it in front of friends where you got to be proper and shit thank bria you. bria thank you for taking the first chip because we got more questions will these be available to stream after the fact i think that's an important question john can you tell us about the streaming situation with Listen. these uh, podcasts yeah we're gonna start streaming these on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts so uh iTunes and Spotify and, and all the all the places. And so be aware of that before you start saying real names or, you know, talking shit about your mom. Um, you want to uh, we're just letting you know, this is this is this is going into the um, the Internet or out yeah. in the world. Yep. So use fake names. Um, but, you know, when we call people and we say things like Steve and Pam and whoever, I, I don't I think that's anonymous enough, hopefully. Awkward, awkward Kimmy wrote, I don't know if there's supposed to be a question mark at the end of this or if it's a statement. You do any snake handling? <laughs> no, it was supposed to be like if it's going to get all Pentecostal old school, like any snake handling's on your end. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, I, that could have been taken like, so many. See, and a per, see, that's why awkward Kimmy encapsulates me perfectly because that could have gone. 14 different directions. Yeah, and I like that because I would obviously take it sexual um, definition of sexual. I did too, John. Yeah, of course. What's and wrong with us? We're the, same, we're the same person. Two two left hands in this room. Um, all right, everyone, we will see you next week. Hopefully, bring a friend. And Buddy is going to lead us out with that song that, uh, oh, that he was oh, talking oh. about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Share screen. <laughs> Computer audio. Get that song queued up, buddy. There was some shit. Well. Boom.